You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan 216. David's got a new toy, an ebook, ebook. Apple Music, Game Loft, and a whole lot more. Check it out. It's Tech Fan 216. I'm Tim Robertson. And hey, look, there's David Cohen. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Comic Con this week. I know, you know, the, the news, the internet news has been full of Comic Con. I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted with the Comic Con stuff because you're interested, but at the same token, they're, they're talking about stuff I don't want to have spoiled. So I'm always like. A lot. Yeah. I mean, Although the headlines I didn't, I didn't see on. a whole lot of spoiler stuff out there. Well, you never know. The problem is the. The the aggregation of stuff kind of builds up, spoiling a lot of things about some of these these things that are coming up in the movies. And, yeah, uh, I you know I like to go into a movie and and be genuinely surprised by what I see, so I don't want to know too much about what's going on. Um, and and unfortunately, the, these panels because at Comic Con because they're very much about fan service and fan promotion and kind of getting the the buzz going, they can sometimes can tip a little bit too too you know too much away also as well the trailers i i, I if i want to see a trailer for a movie i enjoy going to see a movie and not knowing what trailers are going to come up and then being surprised by seeing a trailer of something i'm i'm looking forward to and i've not seen the trailer yet on the big screen rather than watching it on youtube mm, i don't know i i just i don't go to the movie theaters often enough so i respect the fact that i can watch them here at home yeah. i like that uh that being said uh, I think I'm going to take the kids to Ant-Man next weekend. Mm-hmm. It looks really good to me. Yeah, well, this is it. I hadn't seen any... I'd seen a little bit of the buzz about it. I didn't really know an awful lot about the movie, but we went to see um, uh, Minions yeah. last week. Uh, we took the kids to see that, and they showed the trailer for Ant-Man there. Uh, and I th- again, I thought it looked really good, and yeah, Alexander's very excited. He, he said, said that he'd really like to see it, so uh, yeah, we'll probably go and see that. Did you watch the Batman Superman trailer that was just released uh, no this is it uh, no i didn't i saw the previous one which i'd saw in the movie theater um i think i oh, didn't know i couldn't have seen it in the movie theater i saw the previous one where it kind of lays out that uh you know um superman is after man of steel is you know he's being seen as a god and uh people aren't are, are ambivalent about it they're not sure whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, and then you can see that Batman's annoyed for some reason, and he kind of they're, they're going to smack it down. But I, I've not seen the latest one, and on as I say, I probably won't. Uh, yeah, I probably won't go and see. I probably won't. won't I probably won't go and watch the trailer uh, on the computer. If I see it in the theater, then fine. But uh, I, I have watched. I actually watched it uh, three times, and my biggest takeaway is it seems like DC is going very grim and gritty and dark and and Marvel is making talking raccoons and <laughs> killing at the box office. I mean, eh. you know, Ant-Man. Who why should this even be on anybody's radar? This would be a C-level movie 15 years ago. Well, yeah, but the thing is with Marvel is that Iron Man was that sort of character. He absolutely, the, the he, first he Iron was, Man movie. He absolutely was. He was a B-level character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. That's right. And the Guardians of the Galaxy were the same. Um, and they're doing a Deadpool movie, which is which is is very much you know he's 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 loved under certain certain sections of, of the comic community, but he's not mainstream by any stretch of the imagination. And from what from what I'm hearing about that, that's going to knock it out the park. It's it's amazing, and I think it's because other than Deadpool, but then again, that's not really Marvel. I mean, they're they're not in control of it. That's Fox. Yeah, because Fox has a Fantastic Four, which looks kind of grim and gritty. X Men, which is grim and gritty, and here's Deadpool, which is going to be almost X rated. Uh, I don't think they really get it. Um, well, I I mean, I, I the the only thing I hope with Deadpool is that the people making it get it. Cause Actually, they, I think they do. Uh, yeah, I saw a leaked trailer of it, and it, it looked pretty fantastic if you like Deadpool. 
the uh, well, uh, I I sat down with uh, Alexander this afternoon and we watched the original leaked footage that got the movie on, on the table again. Yeah. Um, you know that kind of forty-second yep. short, and apparently they've incorporated most of that into the actual movie. And he was killing himself with laughter. I mean, um, and I said to him, I said, "Look, I need to tell you now, you're not going to see this movie when it comes out because it's going to be full of swearing and uh, goodness knows what else. And this is a you know, and the violence is going to be very hardcore, and you're going to be too young for it. Uh, but I'm kind of setting him up for it. In uh-huh. I know when he's old enough, he's going to get a kick out of that sort of movie because it's very much his level of humour." It it looks good, but my point being, Marvel is killing it. Why? And I think it's because they're making things for all age groups. And Mm. I don't think anybody else that's dealing with superheroes is doing that. But they're doing it in a way that it's not a kid's movie per se. It's very adult themes, a lot of it. Um, But they're, they're putting humor in there. Well, yeah, I mean, Guardians, I think, was a great example of that because... That was a movie we took my son to see, and he got a kick out of it because it was um, a rip-roaring ride. There was great special effects. It had a lot of, lot of humor in it. A lot of uh, it was it was on a very connectable level because of the whole thing about Star Lord and his you know his love of music and the Walkman and all this sort of thing. It kind of all hung together on that. It was accessible for a kid, and yet there were those those themes there as well, which were on a level where the kids didn't really notice it. But the rest of us watching it could get as well. And, you know, those are the sort of uh, achievements that the good story writers and good uh, film production can do. The Pixar movies are often a a good example of that, where it works on multiple levels. Um, And uh, it doesn't really seem to be that the DC movies are kind of going for that. They're going for something a bit more... um, Gritty and dark. Down down the middle, yeah. um, It's basically... it's. uh, You know, I like the first Superman movie, but... The last half hour of that, the devastation that him and General Zod unleash on Metropolis is just like, wow, this is, where's my Superman? The the bright costume, the glimmer of hope, the one, you know, when he flies, you feel like you're flying, this mm. this joy, and there's I, none I, of that. It's just I, dark I, and I find foreboding. myself wondering... I find myself wondering if that's one of the reasons why super, why Batman's pretty annoyed with him in this in this next movie. Maybe he feels that way and feels that. Uh, Do you want me to tell you why? I could tell you why because I've seen the new trailer. I know exactly what sparks this conflict. So it's a spoiler. Not really. It's in the trailer. Well, it's in the trailer. Sometimes the trailers are spoilers as well. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you the, the 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 premise if you want to know. Go on then. There's a building. Bruce Wayne is in Metropolis when that fight happens. Right. One of the buildings destroyed is his. Right. And everyone else is running away. He's running towards the building to try to save some of his employees. Hmm. Obviously, he fails. Yeah. Well, he's Batman. He's been Batman for a long time. He's effectively retired from what I kind of gather, but they don't say that. But I think he's probably retired at this point. Because he's put all the bad guys away. That's why we're having the movie The Suicide Squad. It's a whole bunch of Batman villains that they're getting out of prison mm. to, you know, I don't know, do something. Um, and so he sees this being who's, like you said, a god. And he destroyed half of Metropolis. He killed a bunch of, of Bruce Wayne's friends. Someone's got to put a stop to this guy. This is mm-hmm. this is somebody that has the power to to destroy the planet. And I think that's kind of the premise. That's what I took away from the first couple trailers that I've seen. And I like that premise, but nonetheless, it's like, is is this supposed to get kids excited? Just wanting destruction everywhere and and everything's just kind of dark and I don't know. I don't know. It it, it can be a bit wearing. I mean, if you've ever watched more than one of the Nolan Batman films back to back, I mean it kind of wears you down it really does. It does and they're uh, not kids movies on any level No, absolutely, I mean this is it I, I we took Alexander C. Man of Steel but he's never seen any of the uh, of the Nolan Batman movies because they're just too dark Yeah, you know, he's not he's not really old enough for that. Well did you ever watch the Justice and I know this is tech fan but so what yeah. uh, did you ever watch the Justice League cartoon? Yeah, yeah I've seen some of that now, see, I think that's one of the best cartoons ever made when it came to superheroes. 
Yeah, and and he and Alexander loves that. He's watched pretty much all of them, and he now, really likes them. Now think of how bright and colorful that cartoon is, and yet Superman gets punched through buildings all the time on that show. Mm-hmm. And they went through, hey, these beings are too powerful. Uh, 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 Amanda Walker, kind of, you know, we we got to have plans to take the Justice League down. They're just too powerful in case they go too far mm-hmm. with Cadmus and all that. Uh, very. Ad- adult darkish themes and yet the cartoon still made it accessible for kids to enjoy yeah i don't understand why they can't do that in the movies and it you can't say it's not possible because it absolutely is possible my kids watched the trailer for superman versus batman the new one Mm -hmm. they're less inclined to want to see that and they're more inclined right now to see ant-man yeah and because ant-man just looks like fun well, this is it. Sometimes you want to be entertained as well as uh, as well as have you know something gritty and real and dark and emotional and tense and all of that. Sometimes you want a bit of entertainment as well. Speaking I mean, of entertainment, David, uh, you got a new toy in Asus. I have. In fact, I'm talking to you on it right now. Awesome. So it well, looks I'd, pretty cool. Other than that I'd, horrible sticker on. Yeah, I need uh, to take the sticker off. So, so they the the track behind this on the on the solo show I did recently i talked about the alpha smart which is this um kind of old school style word processor that i sometimes use and um i also talked and i put a link in the show notes to the group that i um talked to on Flickr, and these are all people who are who are generally are are amateur writers Uh, and amateur writers like the alpha smart because it's um, you know, you get a year of battery life out of it. You get uh, it's got a really good screen, a really great keyboard. It saves everything you type on it automatically, and um, it's very low distraction because it doesn't do the internet, doesn't do anything else. Uh, and so we often talk about tools we use to write on that um, on that group. And somebody mentioned this machine to me um, a couple of weeks ago. They said, "Oh, I've got one of these, and it's really, really good. If you want a cheap computer for writing." Um, and yet it's a bit more function. We often talk about, you know, the first draft versus the ed- re-edit. And obviously the Alpha Smart is not very good for editing because it doesn't have a big screen. And that's one of the advantages. It's very much a first draft machine. So you just write, type and keep typing. But sometimes after that, you do need to edit. Uh, and these guys, they like to be able to go somewhere quiet and, and have a reliable computer to do that. And somebody recommended one of these to me. Uh, and this is the it's it's the Asus X205 TA ebook. And basically, this is a spiritual successor to the original ebook, which was the original netbook. So this and I has have an 11.6-inch screen. Yeah, 11.6-inch screen. It's it's super thin. I mean, you've got, I've got a picture here next to my 11-inch MacBook Air, and it's pretty much the same size. It's very slightly smaller. It's actually the same thickness as the thickest part of the MacBook Air. Um, it's made of plastic. Um, so it's not any. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination saying this is as good as a MacBook Air, but then it's a tenth of the price. I paid. This was a refurb machine I bought direct from Asus, uh, and I paid eighty pounds for this. Wow! Which is uh, and and this price is normally about one hundred eighty dollars or one hundred eighty pounds here in the UK for these. Yep, that's uh, what, what it is here. Yeah, and what this is, it's effectively it's a Windows Atom quad core Atom tablet turned into a um, very ultra thin kind of development of the netbook so the screen is actually really nice um for an 11 inch screen it's actually the same resolution as the macbook air um it's you know it's not as good as that but it's it's not bad so it doesn't have those a lot of very cheap computer screens have um that kind of grainy effect on yeah this one doesn't it doesn't have that it's also got reflective um thing on a reflective glass on it as well so it actually looks not quite nice and bright the viewing angles are okay they're not fabulous but um what do you expect for this sort of money the keyboard is also quite nice the trackpad works pretty well all of it works well but the best thing about this computer is it's really thin and light it's less than a kilo um so uh it's um really light to it's really kind of totable you know the build course is actually pretty good for plastic it feels pretty solid the battery life is epic absolutely epic i used this for work the other day and i left for um i left on a train at quarter to seven in the morning and i used it uh for about three hours on the train and then i used it in a in a meeting in the morning 
I used it all uh, for that meeting was about two hours and I did a bit of work after lunch on it and then I used it on the train going down to London and I got to London about 6.30 in the evening so I've been using it all day pretty much and it still had 56% battery life on it well, that's pretty good it, it was it, and, and because it's, it's it's kind of based on the same tablet architecture it's effectively instant off it uses uh, Windows 8's connected standby mode, so effectively it, it works in the same way an iPad does. You just click the power button and it goes into a deep sleep mode. It still talks to the internet every now and again and everything, and then when you click the power button again, it immediately comes straight back up. So um, this, you, for, what, I, what I, amazes me about this is for the money, this is far, far better than it should be. You know, I had I had a couple of the netbooks back in the day, um, and they were. Don't get me wrong. This was the time when when the cheapest laptops started about five six hundred dollars easily, and and went up from there. And those were terrible. And the netbooks netbooks weren't great, but they were really really small, really really portable, um, uh, and uh, you know they were okay for what they were, and they were much much cheaper than laptops at the time. This is the same, except this is actually really usable. I mean, it's really really good. Um, I've got Office on here. I've got there's a proper Atom processor, so you can run any Windows software you want. And that's the key right there. I think. Yeah. It's, this isn't a Chromebook. This is Windows. Yeah. And I, I have to wonder. I wonder if the availability of, of a machine this good for s- so little money is one of the reasons that tablet sales and particularly iPad sales, because let's let's be honest, the tablet market is still pretty much the iPad market. Yeah. There's nothing um, else. Yeah, I I wonder why that whether that's why that started to slow down because now people looking at iPads are also looking at machines like this and saying mm, I think I'd rather have the laptop. No, because I don't think they, so. Um, no? no, my take on slowing iPad sales is other than the very first iPad, they've been really good, dependable. I don't want to say bulletproof, but I don't know too many people who break their iPad. They're just really dependable machines that do what they do extremely well play games browse the internet check your email mostly browse the internet maybe read a book on it and it's not a i'm working here type of Mm -hmm. device it's this is what i do with it it sits next to my coffee it sits on the coffee table It, it follows me into the bathroom it's on my nightstand at night uh when i travel i take this with me and because the battery life is even better in an iPad than it is in one of these, uh, the Chromebooks and the and this Asus Windows machine, people don't upgrade them because they just continue to work. I still have, look, I have three iPads. I have the original one, I have an iPad 3, and I have my brand new iPad. Mm. The original iPad is still sitting here. I keep it, you know, it, it topped out at uh, iOS 5.1. Mm-hmm. But... For the things that it runs, it runs great. Now, it yeah. looks terrible compared to the screen on the new ones. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But if you never had a new one, and the use case is exactly what I described earlier, you're browsing the internet, you're checking your email, uh, you're reading Kindle books on it, it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with the original iPad. Why do you need to spend 500 bucks on a brand new one? Yeah. No, I know what you mean, but if you do need to upgrade something, if you go to the store, if you don't go to the Apple store, but you go somewhere else, you're going to see machines like this for a couple of hundred dollars, and you're going to think, maybe I I can live with the iPad and still have one of these. Well, maybe, but I don't think that the people that own iPads are looking to replace the iPad with one of these. I think when they want to replace the iPad, they get the new iPad. The problem is they just don't have to upgrade it very often because it it works extremely, extremely well. It's it's probably one of the best things Apple has ever made. Maybe they should have built some of that planned in obsolescence or was accused of in the iPad. Right? I I mean, (laughs) you know, it really does tick me off. That's a subject that we'll get into maybe another time, but... You know, I've got every single iPhone ever made with uh, the exception of the first five. I've got a 5S here, not a 5. Yeah. I have a bunch of iPad or iPods, including the very first one, the Firewire 400 iPod. Guess what? It still works. Yeah. Guess what? My fifth generation iPod still works. And I, I put a, a bigger hard drive in it, not because the other hard drive died. 
because I think it had a 60 gig hard drive in it. I put a 250. It works great. Uh, and yeah, talk about a, a lack of planned obsolescence. Plug one of those original iPods into a Mac or a Windows machine running the latest version of iTunes, and it'll sync up fine. It absolutely they've will. Never, they've never cut those off. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And uh, sorry, I was drinking the last bit of my coffee there. You're right. It's <laughs> this whole oh planned obsolescence. No, uh, you have to leave some machines behind uh, from a software upgrade standpoint simply because you have to make it better as time goes on otherwise you're just not going to sell anything and apple's whole business plan is to sell you new devices i mean let's let's not fool anybody that's what they want to do but that doesn't mean that they cripple the old stuff now i'll tell you a company that i'm a little displeased with right now and i've heard this from a few people is microsoft Mm. Um, my xbox 360 takes forever to boot up now it hits that Microsoft uh, Xbox screen, and yeah. it sits there for about 30 seconds before anything happens. So I thought, well, you know what? I bet the hard drive in this thing is dying. So I went and bought a mm-hmm. brand new, larger hard drive for it, stuck it in there, same thing. So I did a little research online, and it seems that the last upgrade to the 360, this is a big issue. And a lot of Xbox 360 owners are experiencing these. So if you want to play a game, they turn it on and then they go do something else for a little while and come back and it's hey. probably ready. So you see, my Xbox has been in a box for the last couple of months while we moved and I've not set it up yet. So I've not experienced this directly You, you need to see if that's your issue too. And, yeah. and a lot of people are saying, did Microsoft do this on purpose? So people will think, oh, you know what, I, I probably, I'm just going to get an Xbox One. Now, I would like to say, no, they, there's no way they would do that, but I don't know. I mean, my 360 worked perfect, and then an upgrade later, it takes this long to boot up, and there's no, I, there's been no upgrade to it since, and Microsoft and doesn't know about it? Yeah, you, can't, you also can't not take the upgrades either, because the games don't work unless you take the latest Right. Upgrade. Oh, if you want to play this game online, which yeah. everything is... Sorry, you you can't play unless you upgrade. So you upgrade, and now your machine is it's not a brick, but it's so slow to start that I I know damn well people are going. Oh, I'll just I I think I'm going to p- pick up a new one, and they go to the store probably with the intention of picking up a, another 360 pretty cheap. Well, there's the Xbox One sitting there too, and wow, well, you know maybe I should just get the new Xbox One. Is it unfair to me to to suggest that Microsoft's doing that? Maybe. But too many stories out there. Yeah. You know, and, and, mm. and Microsoft is really pushing the, the Xbox One. Yeah, but at the moment, if you have an Xbox 360, you, you need it to keep it around because you can't play your old games on the Xbox One. No, Microsoft is, is uh, as we talked about, I think, in the past, is bringing compatibility for older 360 games to the Xbox One, but not all of them, only some. Yeah, and and not yet. It's not, not available yet. today. Nope. Whereas this problem is being encountered today. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's a big issue. Um, mm. Sony, I didn't see the same thing going on with the Sony. My Both my PS3s work perfect. Yeah. They, they're just as fast as they ever were. And the PS4 is blazingly fast. I really like the PS4, by the way. The more yeah. I use it, they have this game suspend mode. Uh, say I'm playing, I, I finished uh, Infamous Second Son. Mm-hmm. So I play through the entire game. But as I was playing it, okay, I don't feel like playing it anymore. I, I, I just want to stop. I just go to my power settings and go power down. I don't turn mm-hmm. off the game. I just power down. Yeah. And then when I power it back up, it boots up like it was turned off. And then the game, I launch the game. And boom, it's right where I was within seconds. I'm like, this that's is kind smart. of awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 really all devices nowadays should be like that. Absolutely. I mean, as I say, and this was one of the things that's nice about the Asus is Boots I up. can do that with this. Yeah, I can shut the lid. It goes into a very low power mode, um, like a tablet does, and then when I open it up again, I'm right back where I start, where I was before. Um, whereas with our corporate laptops, they have a, a hibernate mode that lets you do that. 
to uh, put it in hibernate mode it kind of saves the entire memory to disk it takes about 40 seconds <laughs> and the same when you boot it up again that's not really what you want and if you put just shut the lid and put put our corporate laptops into sleep mode they still chew through the battery if you leave it like that for more than about three hours open it up again it'll say well you better plug me in now yep all right let's take our break and uh we'll be back in a few minutes ever think about becoming a podcaster thinking wow you know that's probably way too hard well we have a solution the stoplight network is looking for brand new shows to join the network won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac. M-Y-M-A-C dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for prime time. Back here on Tech Fan Podcast, we would love to have feedback from you. Simply send an email to the show at TechFanPodcast.com or go to TechFanPodcast.com and leave a, a comment in the show notes and we will read both right here on Tech fan, no feedback this week though, David. Uh, actually, I, I had some feedback direct to my uh, my personal Twitter account. Uh-oh. So, Clive Hammett um, asked me on Twitter if I was going to do a write up of my Apple Watch experiences. Oh. so um, I said, I said, well, I said, talked about on the show. Were you, would you interested in reading something? He said, yeah, I think I think I would. I, I remember he's the guy who lives in Southampton. And he wrote to us and said he'd been down to have a look at the watches. I do remember. I wasn't sure wasn't sure whether he was going to buy one or not. So um, yeah, I I think um, I, I well I've been asked to do it, so I shall do it. I don't see why not. So I will I will uh, start putting that together, Clive. But I did have a slight Apple Watch disaster this week. <laughs> so I've been talking about how I've been buying all these different cheap bands for it, uh, and uh, I have this. Very nice um, mesh band that's kind of like the Apple Mil- Milanese Loop, um, but it's it's made of black steel rather than um, rather than silver, so it goes very well with my Space Gray Apple Watch, and I have um, Space Gray um, watch adapters on there as well, so I can use this this uh, this band with the watch, and it's it, I've been really enjoying it. It's great, but I only put it on the watch last week, and I uh, on Wednesday when I was on this this trip, I reached out to uh, plug a projector into my laptop. In front of the in front of my client, my meeting, and my watch fell off my wrist <laughs> onto the table. Wow. And uh, basically, what happened is uh, the where the um, the ends of the band has a connector on it that connects to the Apple Watch. It just fell apart. And funnily enough, the weekend before, Leanne had said to me, "We were we were having coffee." She said, "Is there a gap in that band?" She says, "It looks like it's coming apart." And I kind of, you know, I did that kind of. Oh, you don't understand what you're talking about, dear. I kind of went, oh, no, it, it looks fine to me. I, I think it always looked like that, you know, and she was right because it fell off. So, uh, you know, um, if you are going to buy cheap bands, just be aware. I mean, I, you know, I did think to myself afterwards, if that happened while I've been traveling, I probably would have lost the watch. Yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> so uh, That's kind of scary, too. I mean... You know. Yeah, I, I am. I am now rethinking my use of these steel bands because clearly they're not particularly well made. So uh, at the moment, I have a um, a leather band on my uh, on my Apple Watch that is not going to fall apart like that because it has, you know, a physical hole drilled through the end of the leather strap. So uh, that's not going to happen. So, so good to uh, know. We did get some feedback on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Bargate. We've talked about him in the past. Um, yeah. He asked uh, about thoughts on iPhone 6 cases and uh, which one he should get. And I said, of course, and this is the first question you ask anybody who asks your opinion on an iPhone case. Do you want thin and stylish or do you want protection? Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, from my experience, and I've been an iPhone user since day one almost, you don't get both. If you get thin and very stylish, it doesn't protect very well. Uh, You can get a nice-looking case that's thicker, but that's where the protection is going to come. And, uh, you know, he asked us, and quite honestly, 
what I'm using, I use it uh, because I got it from work. But that's not the reason I continue to use it. I actually really like the case. It's a KX uh, newer tech case, mm-hmm. and it, it works great. And I've talked about it on the show. You know, I broke my iPhone six plus, my first one, and I didn't. I had a little cheap case on it, and there you go. So since I put yeah. this one on it, I haven't broken it. <laughs> Uh, but it's, uh, the it's grippy in. The, yeah, the KX sends for kinetic energy absorbing. It is. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It works oh, good. It, yeah, it does look kind of nice. Uh, this, is a, this is the sort of case that I, that I normally get for my wife. She mm-hmm. likes this sort of thing. Usually I don't like the bulky cases, but all it took was me breaking my iPhone once and said, yeah. you know what, I'm going to deal with a little bit extra bulk. And honestly, it wasn't the extra bulk that I was so worried about. It was how I was going to put it on my dash. Mm-hmm. And I talked about the uh, the dash mount that I got that goes into the CD player. I'm still using that. I'm still extremely happy with it. Uh, Chad Perry actually thought it was pretty cool, too. And uh, with that, in this case, I don't have any problem. So that's what I've been using, Nate. Um, he asked if there's a way to get these in the U.K. Uh, OWC ships directly to the U.K., so you can get it that way. And there yeah. are some retailers in uh, the U.K. that you can buy them from as well. Mm-hmm. But that was uh, the yeah, feedback yeah. we got from Nate, and uh, that's I, the yeah, case I, I use. I'm, what do you use? I, I, well, at the moment, I have one on mine that's uh, got the wireless charging built in. Yeah. So um, it's put it on eBay. Um, it's quite uh, a lot of these things can be quite bulky. This one's actually not too bad. It's quite slim. It's uh, basically it looks like a form-fitting case, but it has a, a little cutout at the bottom where the uh, lightning connector goes in so that the wireless charger built into the back of the case can charge up the phone. But the nice thing about that is it's on a hinge, so you can pull it out if you want to plug a, a cable in for faster charging so, or you want to do a sync. So really, there's probably three categories. There's slim and stylish. There's bulky but protective. And there's convenience. And the convenience in this case would be a battery or or. You know, like a, I'm trying to think of one of the, like a Mophie case that has the Mophie, battery yeah. built, yeah. Or yeah. like yours that allows you to do the wireless charging. Yeah. Um, because I, let's be honest, the one that you have and the Mophie cases usually aren't the most protective either. No, this this one actually, um, um, I, I'll have to dig a picture out of it. I bought, as I say, I bought it on eBay, so it's not, um, it's it's not kind of a mainstream thing. Uh, this one is actually it looks a little bit like a uh, Griffin case. Mm-hmm. In kind of it has that same thing. It it kind of does wrap all around the edges. The iPhone kind of clicks into it, um, and it is has a slightly raised lip so that if you put it face down the table, the glass is not resting directly on the table. Um, it curves around the sides and it has cutouts and that sort of thing for the phone. So it really, considering what it has in it, I actually think it doesn't add a lot of bulk to the phone at all. Um, and that was that was something that was quite important to me because I, you know, obviously the iPhone six is very slim. I didn't really want to bulk it up too much. Yep. Um, so yeah, but having said that, I wouldn't want to deliberately drop my phone onto concrete. Well, that's this. one of the things that yeah. um, we do at trade shows yeah. with the the, the uh, with the KX cases. Yeah. You pull your phone out and you just drop it right on the concrete. Yeah, and and if you have one of these or or an OtterBox or something like that, the OtterBox cases I've had before I've really liked, but they do put that extra bulk on, but they do also make the phones fairly bomb-proof. Yeah. You have to be working quite hard at it to break a phone in one of these cases. Yeah, uh, so really, uh, Nate, that's that's what you got to ask yourself. Are you willing to give up some of the sleekness and thinness of the iPhone in exchange for really good protection? Or do you want to keep that slim factor and just kind of make it more stylish? Um, I'm not going to say which one is right or wrong. That's a, a personal preference, but that's the choice. Or, like David was saying, it, there's a third one, convenience. Yeah. It, it falls kind of right between. It gives you probably a little bit more protection than the the very slim cases, but yet it's not going to be as protective as um, a KX or or... Uh, one of those type of yeah. cases. So, about, yeah, my wife, for instance, she likes to have one on her 5s at the moment. That's is kind of like a wallet. So mm-hmm. it, it's uh, you, the phone clips in, and then it has a leather back, and then a leather front that that goes over the soft front screen, magnetic uh, clip, and it has space for credit cards and stuff in there. Um, my wife likes so, stylish. Yeah, you know. So 
Yeah, there you go. That's that's my suggestion. You have to answer those questions first, and then once you know what kind of case you want, then start your research. Find out what's going to work for you within that category. And, and yeah, Nate, if you want to get in touch with us once you tell us, if you want to tell us what type of case you're after, I'm I'm sure we both have a, a view on um, those styles that we've had in the past that we would uh, we've we've liked or would recommend. Absolutely. And Nate got a hold of us on Twitter. Uh, real easy to do. Just follow us on Twitter. It's at TechFanPodcast on Twitter. Uh, you know, we don't probably promote that enough or use it enough, David. We've only got 50 followers there. Yeah. Uh, but for the majority of the time that we've been doing this podcast, we've always, I've always said, you know, at my Mac is where I'm at. And you've always said David B. Cohen on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but we really should probably start focusing on uh, at TechFan Podcast while we're doing TechFan because that's probably, we both have access to the account. We both can reply. Uh, so if you want to reach us on Twitter, that's a great way of doing it. And, and David and I will try to get more posted there as time goes on. Yeah. So um, kind of some sad news. And it's kind of surprising at the same time. Gameloft closed down their New York City studio. Yeah. Now, GameLoft, of course, was one of the first developers on the iPhone, and they had some really big games. But in my opinion, most of their games were kind of rip-off. Derivative. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they had a they had a Halo rip-off. They had a GTA rip-off. I mean, that was kind of their business model. Look what's popular on other platforms, and then make one that works on iOS. And Yeah. Yeah. That was them in the early days. I think um, no, it's the still last. Them. Well, yeah, but the last three, four years, they've also started getting into doing properties. Um, you know, using other people's IP. They've done a lot of Marvel games. Yeah. They've. Um, in fact, they did a really good Spider-Man game. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man Unlimited was was a was a really great game. Kind of one of these um, endless runner, yeah. run into the screen type things. Um, but it was good, and they kept doing content on it. And in fact, this studio that got closed was solely responsible for that game. Yeah, go uh, and it's been successful. And uh, yeah, they've shut them down. Now, I, I to be honest, David, I didn't see if they gave a reason for shutting it down. I didn't see that. Uh, no, there was a post on Facebook from their lead programmer at New York City just saying it, all the production was shut down, but um, they uh, they said everyone's been terminated, but it didn't say why, uh, apart from kind of a management speak, actively managing its production organization, refocusing on its most efficient experience creation centers. I mean, it, in order to adapt to rapidly changing market conditions, grow its revenues faster and more profitably. It basically means... Uh, yeah, the business reason, but we're not going to say why. Hmm. You know, shrouded in god awful marketing speak. There, uh, I was trying to remember the game that they make that I actually really did like. Uh, so they've done kind of Call of Duty ripoffs. Oh, um, that one. I, I mean, they, they've done a lot. There was I a mean, Star. They, there was a Starcraft one that they did. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I thought it was on my. I couldn't find it under Star. Maybe I deleted it by mistake. What was that? Star something. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I, I, they, uh, they do so many. I feel like it's my obligation now after kind of ripping them a little bit. Yeah, to uh, promote the game you like. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fair enough. But I can't uh, find it on my iPad, so I'm thinking I must have deleted it, which... Oh, you know what? I had it on my Mac, too, but that was the iMac before I did the switch over. And... Hmm. Wikipedia has a list of all their games, so let's have a look. Star. Yeah, let's just do a quick search for Star on that page. Yeah, no, it's not. there's nothing in Star. I'll look for Craft, then. <laughs> because it seems to me like... Did they... it, did it, I don't think... Sure surely it wasn't so egregious to have the word, the word Star or Craft in the title. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Um, hmm. Games by Gameloft. Is that what you looked for? Uh, yeah. List of Gameloft games. Ah, list. List of. Oh, if I could spell. Oh, you know what? I put Game Golf. (laughs) So, Uh, I really like this keyboard that you sent over, by the way. Yeah. 
Starfront Collision was the name of Starfront. the game. Starfront, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That was a really good game. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was really limited. It only had like six, five, six maps. Uh, the AI was yeah okay. It was decent, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't all that. Yeah. But that being said, I played the crap out of that game. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, look, I I think we've all played a lot of game games over the years, and this is no suggestion that game loss going away. They have about. 30 development studios around the world so um but it's just i i i just don't understand this is becoming a trend in the get video game development business where you take a studio that's apparently doing great work what was and the name just, of it again of what of the game yeah. starfront collision starfront i don't see it anywhere on this list though that's weird oh well well wikipedia is not always perfect yeah um, yeah, I don't understand this thing where you, you you go to a studio that apparently is doing great work or has just released an, a, a good game that's well-received and everything, and you say, oh, yeah, thanks very much for that. You're all fired. I don't understand that. They, this was on the Mac App Store as well. So I had it on the iPad, iPhone, and I never played on the iPhone. Too small. Uh, yeah. But I did play it on the Mac a few times. And it's a $10 game. It's It's a cheap knockoff of starcraft but starcraft the first one not the second one but sometimes you know i just want to play a quick game i want to build yeah. a base and go after my enemies and blow them up well you're not gonna be able to do that with games from game off new york city anymore because they're out of a job well i'm putting a link into starfront <laughs> collision uh for the mac app store in the show notes for episode 216 Okay. So anybody who wants to spend ten bucks, you can do so, and uh, I like it. It's fun. Sometimes that's all you want, right? You just yeah. you just want to sit down and have a, a fun time for twenty minutes and be done with it. Exactly. There's too many games that I'm playing right now that seems to take way too much time. It's yeah, world building, and you know, I, I jump on for five minutes, and then I got to come back, you know, six hours later for resources to get thing and things to be built, and then I can upgrade and. Well, you know, there's a way around that. You yeah, don't play pay them some money. Yeah, I'll wait. That's the freemium model. model. Uh, did you see uh, Lego decided not to go... The, originally, they were going to go the freemium model with this new game. I, don't ask me the name of it. It's like an MMO or something. Uh, Isn't it basically like Skylanders for Lego? Exactly. Well, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's a minifigure game or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was an online game that did really well, so they wanted to release a freemium version for iOS. And then they said, you know what? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to charge 5 bucks or $10, bucks, uh, and you get almost everything. It's the full, complete game. Now, you can still buy extra stuff in there, but it's not freemium. There's, It's not going to bug you. It's not going to be artificially timing you out until you know you get frustrated and just end up buying I, you know, in-app purchases stuff. It, it's... That's yeah, kind of encouraging that a, a big studio is doing that. Well, I, I guess Lego has the luxury of doing that because they're using the game to cross-promote their toy business, which is mm-hmm. obviously their, their core business. Um, so they don't need to support their entire investment by revenue from the game. Because, I, unfortunately, we all need to recognize the reason that freemium is so popular is because it makes developers much more money than selling games for a regular price does. Well, it did. I think that's changing. Well, I hope it changes. I'd rather pay a decent price for a game and and, and own the game and not have to be bugged. No, I, I hate this business where you've got to wait and you've got to turn... You, you've got to go, basically stop playing the game because you or, or pay to, to burn through a timer. I just... You know, to me, it's... I feel nickel and dimed every time it happens. You know, for the last five years, I, I thought if I was going to be a game developer, which means I need to know programming, which I don't, but if I was going to be a game designer, game developer, I would absolutely release my game on iOS because I'm going to have the most success there. I'm going to make the most money there. I don't know if that's true anymore, David. I feel like that the iOS app store is so saturated with games at this point that unless you get an, a massive amount of uh, PR, that you're not probably going to make much money. Your game's just going to get lost in the shuffle. 
Well, look, I mean, we've talked about this before. The thing about promoting your game once you've finished doing it is that's a full-time job. It's not something that you just do a round of and then and then forget about. You have to be doing it all the time. Yeah. And um, it's, it's possible to have a sleeper hit on the App Store um, and after a period of time for it to, to blow up and become successful, you, d- you just have to have faith in your in your software. The reason that, unfortunately, a lot of games on, on the App Store don't do well is because they're not very good. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of really poorly made derivative games. And even if they're well made, they, the stories are all the same. I mean... Dungeon games is, is the latest is the thing that the last twelve months it's just like every other game that comes out is a dungeon game. It's yep. just like please come up with a new setting for your game. It's not going to affect the gameplay. If it was, if you want it, want it to be kind of like one of these rogue games where you're searching a dungeon, they'd do it in something that isn't a dungeon. Make it different. All of them are the same, and it's they, it's no wonder your that, that people's games get lost in the shuffle when you're yet another game with the word dungeon in the title. There was a game. Let me. Uh, I want to make sure I get the name right. And you'll like the story behind this too. Yep, there it is. Oh, what is that? Yeah. Um, if you go to grids.com, G-R-I-D-Z.com, uh, a company made this game. It's called Green uh, Green Dragon Creations. Now, this game doesn't work with any Mac that's being sold currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to have. Uh, an older, well, it was really for PowerPC, but of course, some of those would run under, uh, an, on an Intel machine up to what, Tiger? Yeah. Something like that. Um, I loved this game. It's very hard to describe what it is. If you actually do a search on YouTube and watch the gameplay, you'll kind of figure it out. But playing yeah. it is really the only way you can do it. Uh, about. The website is terrible. Uh, well, <laughs> here's the thing. This, this was made like 10, 11, 12 years ago. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, and it has <laughs> been updated. So I actually bought this game, and I did it. Uh, I did a review of it at MyMac.com. If you actually go to MyMac.com and do a search for Grids, you'll see my review. And I gave it a really good score. I can't remember what it is now, but you know what? Now I kind of want to know. So I'm going to go to MyMac, do a quick search of Grids, and see... Um, I, I mean, you can tell the website's not been looked at for a while. The, the frequently asked questions is that will there be a console version of Grids? We're currently seeking finance to bring the Grids to Sony, PlayStation, Sega, Saturn, or Nintendo 64. Yeah. Yeah, I think that ship's already sailed, mate. <laughs> my, uh, my review went live October 1st, 1998. Yeah. So that ought to tell you. In fact, the the article at MyMac doesn't even have the pictures. It's all broken links at this point. Mm. Uh, we were on a five-point system at the time. I gave it a 4.5 yeah. out of 5. So I'd say it's probably a 9 out of 10. Mm. Um, it was one of these games that my wife really liked. I really liked. And it kind of fell off the radar because the creator just never did anything with it. Yeah. Uh, let alone, you know, making it for the Saturn. Um, <laughs> so... I tell you that because it was maybe a month ago that I kind of actually looked at this again because I thought maybe this guy got smart and released this for the iPad because this would be a brilliant game on iOS. I think it would be a huge sleeper hit. I really do. Yeah. And nothing. I mean, just nothing. He's got a phone number here. Maybe I ought to try giving him a call. Yeah. (laughs) So... I really loved this game. I did. Mm-hmm. But I haven't played it in uh, eight years, probably. And no, I don't have I don't a copy. Been, I don't think it's been updated in eight years. <laughs> oh, no, it hasn't. Uh, I don't even have a copy on any hard drive that I can find. Now, I could dig through my old CDs, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably have the installation to it somewhere. So I was like, eh, okay. That was ten minutes of my time searching for this to see if there was anything going on. There isn't. What a shame! I'd really like to be able to play it. Well, you can. I can. You haven't read. You haven't read its website, have you? No. <laughs> Let me say, if you go try and order it on the website, it says Grids was first released in 1998. Came on the heels of my company, Green Dragon Creations, ported some awesome games from Windows to the Mac. I was happy with the sales, even though we were never in distribution. I was happy with the reviews, and I was more than happy with the response and emails from some of the people who liked the game. 
Grids is now available as donateware. To get your copy of Grids, follow these instructions, oh, yeah. download, email me and ask for a serial number. I'll try to respond within a day and use PayPal to donate whatever you feel is a fair price for this game. Well, yeah, but does it actually work on a, a current Mac? Let me see. Well, that, uh, that's a different question. Well, it's the only question that matters because if it doesn't, <laughs> then it doesn't make a difference. So, but, but if you made the game free uh, or donationware, uh, I would imagine that no, that it doesn't probably work. not. He's probably not going to be. Um, the link doesn't work. No, well, no, the link works. I downloaded it, but it's it's yeah. uh, it doesn't work on a, uh, a no, modern no, Macintosh. It, well, I was just saying, if he's, if the game is donateware, he's probably not redeveloping it anymore. He'd have to redevelop it for uh, Intel Mac. Well, I would. Uh, me and Peter Cohen were the only two people that I ever saw that actually review this game way back in the day. Yeah. And he gave it a good review, too. He did. So <laughs> that all brings me to Mac Stock, believe it or not. Yeah. So what does this game have to do with Mac Stock? Well, uh, Chad and I, Chad Perry, uh, and I went to Mac Stock. Um, as I said before, Chad was the original co-host of the MyMac podcast with me. And I thought it would be cool for you know me and chad to go to mac stock and he can meet uh, people and hang out and have a good time and he did and uh it was great you know driving back and forth to chicago with chad made the trip a lot better than when i usually do it by myself and in our conversation he mentioned that he upgraded kim his wife's computer i was like oh cool uh and he talked about it a little bit and he said well she was still using the MacBook uh, that we got from Small Dog Electronics way back in the My Mac podcast days that was given to us as uh, compensation for advertising on the show. So Small Dog Electronics was an advertiser. Uh, instead of giving us money, occasionally they would just give us computers. And I did that a lot at My Mac because I was sending staff members computers all the time. We'll yeah. talk about that eventually, uh, a, a really fun story about a guy that we did that for. Anyways, uh, so this was uh, uh, an Intel Intel Core 2 Duo MacBook. Intel, but like the yeah. first generation. And I said, oh, what are you going to do with the uh, with the old MacBook? And he goes, I don't know. What, do, do you want it? And I said, actually, you know what? Cole, my seven-year-old, is yeah. dying for a laptop. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to do anything, he goes, absolutely, no problem. So great. So we go over, I took Cole over to Chad's house like three days ago now, and we go onto his front porch and we're talking, and Cole knows we're there to get something. And Chad has the box still. Yeah. has it, Everything that came with this MacBook, he has still in the box. Right. You know, he's he's got his, yeah. his pictures and stuff like that off of there. Yeah. So Cole is just... He's he's floating on cloud nine. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. so happy. Mm-hmm. And, and for a seven-year-old to go, thank you very much. I mean, he was yeah. just, he was so excited. And it was really cool of Chad and Kim to to, to give this computer to him. I mean, mm-hmm. it made his day. Now, I do have to update it because it, w- it won't go online correctly. Uh-huh. Um, and he wants to look at kitty videos on YouTube. So I, we got to really kind of sit with him when he does that. Yeah. Um, we get home. We're looking at the computer. I'm making sure Chad's stuff is on there, but Chad said he left a few games on there. Guess what game is on there? Great. <laughs> oh, so happy. And and yeah. it's not the demo. It's the full version. And uh, I got to play a round of grids. Now, I, I was using the trackpad, and I can't do it on the trackpad. It was just it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to plug a mouse in it. Too. But now I'm I'm in a quandary, David. If I upgrade this computer, grids will probably stop working. But yet, this is Cole's laptop, and he really wants to play on it. Yeah, I'd, well, I'd super duper the uh, super duper the drive for a start, so that you can yeah yeah maybe at least yeah, I mean, that's the best thing to do is is put it on a on a USB drive, so at least you can boost it off the USB drive and play the game when you want to. That's, <laughs> that's not probably a bad the best idea. way, really. Because because uh, yeah, I think I think those machines the latest they'll take is is Snow Leopard. Yeah. Um, but if you put Snow Leopard on there, then uh, you won't have um, oh, compatibility the, for the combat, yeah, whatever it's called, Rosetta, the yeah. uh, the thing that lets it play Power PC stuff. So yeah, that's what I'd do is I'd, I'd uh, image the drive to an external hard drive, and you can boot it up off that anytime you want. I mean, granted, I, if I play it because I beat the game so many times back in the nineties yeah. and early two thousands that 
let's be honest, I'll probably only play it for maybe three hours total for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. But I still, I, I kind of want to play this game. And I'm serious, it would be brilliant on iOS. On an iPad, this game would be a big hit. But, you know. Yeah, the, I, I've, while we've been talking, I've been following all the myriad web links of, uh, of Howard. Um, he, he basically, he... I, I followed the link from the grid site to the production site, Green Dragon Studios. Yeah. And on there, it basically says, well, I, I set up an ISB business and I had to sell it off. And this, uh, so this is all closed down now, but you can come and find me at my new company. And I've gone to the new company and basically says, oh, we're available for contract programming hire. Um, it doesn't sound like he's moved on to um, new development opportunities, really. Yeah, it's uh, too bad. So we, well, it is really, but it, I mean... It, it probably would be interesting to get get him on and get him to talk about his experiences and why he why he decide he never he decided that it was never worth going from PowerPC Mac development into iOS. Hmm, maybe yeah. might be interesting. Um, you know, I I honestly, David, I might if I had a little bit of cash, I might be interested in buying grids off of him, buying the IP directly and uh, the source code, and then having someone recreate on iOS. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the money. Well, you could do a bit of back, background programming in your own time. Mm, yeah. It should be ready by well, probably 2030. <laughs> you know, one of the just, things... Just in time for the iPad 14. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I we talked about very briefly a couple weeks ago was that I got back into writing. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I, I wanted to say it publicly because I wanted to hold my own feet to the fire. And for those wondering, and I don't know if anybody is because nobody contacted me about it, I am still writing. Uh, all the traveling that I've done in uh, June kind of bit into my free time to write. Uh, but I am writing. I'm at uh, 12,500 words into my book. Um, I am doing a little bit of traveling this month. It doesn't look like I'm going to do much in August at all. Um, like, for instance, this month in uh, oh two weeks, I go to Boston. Yeah. I'm going to Boston and back the same day. That That's quite a long fun. way from you. Well, it's a two-hour flight. It's nothing. I, I get on a plane at, you know, 8 in the morning. I'm there at 10. Uh, I got to shop a show from 11 to 3, and my flight leaves there at 7, and I'm back in Detroit at 9, and then by the time I get home, it's 11 o'clock. Okay. So, I mean, that's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, I usually go to bed around 11, 30, 12, so later than I I, I honestly prefer to. So what else you got going on, David? Anything? uh, You you had a, and we got to wrap it up real soon here, but you you had something about Apple Music. Yeah. (laughs) So you, you... Last time we talked, you were saying how terrible the uh, interface is. Just music terrible. Is. It just is. I believe the word you used, the phrase you used several times, was a hot mess. It is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've been using it a bit more now. Uh, interestingly enough, um, I'm sat in the car with uh, Alexander this morning. Um, he uh, he has a he has a, a le- his, his bar mitzvah coming up in October, so he's having extra Hebrew lessons at the moment to prepare for that. And every Sunday morning we go, and he always likes to sit in the front of the car with me when we go to this lesson first thing on Sunday morning. And so he says, "Can you put some music on on the uh, on your iPhone?" So because I got the family plan, he's also got Apple Music on his devices right. now. So he's been playing with it too. And he said to me, he said, um, he said, I it. I really like Apple Music, but it's quite hard to use, isn't it? And that that was completely unprompted. Yeah. Um, you know, no, none. He's not heard me rant about it or complain about everything. And, and this is this is a kid who's just used it himself, and he finds it hard to use. And he's what? So, thir- no, he's twelve. Uh, twelve. Yeah. Yeah, going to be thirteen. So, uh, so yeah, and and I yeah, I've had some problems this week. One, I've been been traveling. Um, I I look at some albums, and uh, it will have a list of. You know, fifteen, twenty songs in the album. There's two or three of them are grayed out for no reason whatsoever. It yep. won't be it. And uh, you just look at that and you think, why is that? And, and sometimes you can find the same song on a different album and it's playable. So it can't be a licensing issue. So I, I, it appears to be some sort of bug. Uh, also, as well, I've been, you know, I've been listening to it on the train, that sort of thing, and I've downloaded a whole lot of music to my device to make sure that I don't, you know, if I lose connection and stuff. Uh, and sometimes what it does is just on its own, it just stops playing. 
So you're listening to an album, you listen to songs, all of a sudden the song stops. And you can't look at it and think, what's going on there? And you just hit play and it starts up again. Um, <laughs> so... You know, some people say, well, uh, be patient. It's, it's, it's version 1.0, right? Well, yeah. But... It, I, I mean, I agree with that. You know, no, I don't. These, I, I don't. Apple doesn't get a pass on this. They're too big of a company. There's way too much competition. Other people have been doing it really well for a long time. They invented legal music on computers and, and portable devices. Let's be honest. They don't get a pass on this. Well, I I was about to say I I share the view that they will they will get it better in time. I I agree with you. Also, I'm extremely disappointed that it's so bad out of the box. It's um, it's just bad. It really. I, I mean, is. the interface it it really looks like they just didn't do enough work on it, and they just basically threw everything in there. You know, how can we extend the existing music app to make it? Um, to make it uh, to add it to add all these extra functions to the existing app, and they just kind of cram them in there. But here's the uh, the flip side of that is it doesn't seem Apple's new music thing doesn't seem to understand what I like. I've been listening to my iPhone and music on there for how long? iTunes knows what I like. Yeah, Apple Music doesn't seem to know anything about me. So there seems to be a disconnect between the new Apple Music service. And what I've been doing on my iPhone all this time, Apple has that data. I don't understand well, why they can't do a lot better they, job of saying, because, hey, you'll probably like this. Because they're waiting for Zane Lowe to look it all over, that's oh, why. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just really it bad. Pick the music that you like before you can get it. That's the way it works. And it's going to take him a while to get around to everyone, Tim, I'm afraid. It's, <laughs> it's just really bad. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that you know, I'm on this three-month subscription for free like everybody else. I don't think I'm going to subscribe to it when it gets a little closer. i got to put a reminder in my calendar. In fact, you know what? Uh, I'm going to put that in right now. So I'm going to make this... Uh, when does a free subscription end? Well, uh, if you sign, it's three months after you signed up. Yeah. Well, but I don't remember when I signed up. Do you? I, I think I signed up the day it came out. Yeah, I already did, but I don't remember what day that was. Uh, it was was the 30th of June June, okay so I'm going to put a reminder for September 20th yeah, actually what you um, I did hear somebody talk about this online this week what you can do is you can go into your iTunes settings on your Mac and turn off auto renew so that it won't automatically renew after. is that in iTunes? yeah, it's in iTunes on the Mac in your account settings okay yeah, uh, and that way it won't automatically. Well, I'm making stop. sure I, it, it happens because I'm actually putting a calendar thing in there. Yeah, because I, I it's just not worth it to me. It, I just don't see what the benefit is for me to to give them ten bucks a month and for you fifteen because you've got the family plan. Yeah. I I want to like it, and I, I'll be honest with you: if it gets better between now and then, if there's an update or two. Maybe I'll keep it because I like music. I listen to music all the time. I don't yeah. understand why it's so bad. Since I've since I've started doing streaming, I'm listening to a lot more music than I'd listened to for a long time. So conceptually, I like it. I kind of like the idea with Apple Music that it. Oh, here's one thing I want to mention to you. I like the idea that it that it kind of combines your own music library with the stuff in the in the streaming cloud. But here's the weird thing. I've not been uh, a member of itunes match for over a year yep and yet when i started my apple music trial um it immediately populated my device with all the stuff that used to be in my itunes match well see that's what i mean though it's, <laughs> there's a disconnect between what your music used to be and what apple knew about you yeah and but, what but, music is it's like well, there's a disconnect I, they're not talking correctly I kind of assumed in these days of Tim Cook and we want don't want your data and we don't want to to breach your privacy that if I if I stopped having iTunes match they would have at some point delete the data they knew about me and in fact they've kept it for two years because yeah, as soon as I joined again it was there like it was. oh here's here's all the tracks that you uploaded to the cloud two years ago and then stopped paying for there's probably Here some obscure again. thing in iTunes you got to go in and turn off for them to delete well, it yeah but but it's it's kind of weird because yeah. the stuff up there there was even like um, shows I've recorded for my Mac and things in the past that yeah, because they were there. in my iTunes library yeah. 
put up in the iTunes Match Cloud, and they're still there. And I've not been paying it for two years, and that kind of creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> I, I'm kind of with you there. That is, yeah. yeah I don't know. It, it's a hot mess. Um, I'm not going to continue past the free period if they don't fix it real soon. Uh, I'm going to be impatient with them because, like I said, I'm not giving them a pass at this. Apple's should have the expertise. Uh, they brag about the people that are on their team all the time uh, to get these problems fixed. And yet, here we are, not working. It's really screwy. So, Apple, you're not getting a pass from me on this one. It's, you you got to make it better. You just have to because if you don't, you're not going to get my money. Plain and simple. And here's the thing. This is where I've been listening to, other than when I'm in the car. Uh, you know where I, I've been listening to most of my music, David? When I'm sitting here writing. When I got my... This this is going back to me writing this book. This is my process for anybody who absolutely doesn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> and that's everyone. Uh, once the kids are in bed, it's sufficiently quiet in the house. <laughs> yeah. I put on a pair of headphones, I go to certain playlists in iTunes, and uh, I've got a very ice-cold glass of Bailey's Irish Cream. It's got to be very cold. Uh, and maybe two knuckles worth in there, because if it's more than that, it's going to get warm quickly, and then I don't like it. Um, and I'll sip at that, listen to music on my really good headphones, and that's when I can write really well. Well... I can write. I don't know if I'm writing really well, but I can write. That's when the creativity is flowing. With yep. a music subscription service, I should be able to just fire up an app and it knows the kind of music I like and it's going to put me in that mood. None of them do that very well for me, but the one that does it the worst is Apple Music. The one that does it the best, to be honest right now, is Pandora. So, there it is. Help me write, Apple. Help me write. <laughs> <laughs> Got anything else before we wrap up this uh, episode, David? No, that's pretty much for me for the moment. Uh, might, we're a couple days late this week because uh, things came up. Uh, might be a day or two late next week as well because uh, I I have to uh, play show for service. And so we'll see how that goes. But uh, we'll be back next week. Whether uh, it's a solo show from David, uh, David and I a little bit later in the week, or what have you, we will be back, and uh, we'd love to get feedback from you, like I said, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at techfanpodcast. We're on Facebook as well, and uh, yeah, that's that's the show. <laughs>